I'm Derek. And I'm Melissa. And you're listening to 7 Minutes on Earth. And our time starts in 3, 2, 1. Episode 8, Love is Not Easily Offended. So I think I'd like to start out this episode by just quickly reading a few verses out of 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Mm -hmm. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Wow. There's a lot packed into those verses. There is a lot in there. Yeah. There's a lot of parts I like, and there's a lot of parts that are harder than others. Mm -hmm. It does not envy. Yeah. Uh, It is not Mm self-seeking. Mm-hmm. It is not proud. It is not easily offended. Yeah. Um, In marriages, sometimes you have one spouse who looks at the other person and says, well, you get to be out living your life and I have to be stuck here doing this. Right. And and love doesn't envy. Mm -hmm. Um, Love is not easily offended. There are some people in marriages, man, they're just looking for ways to get into a fight that somehow you've offended me. Mm -hmm. I know people who uh, they've (laughs) couples that have gone to sleep. And they've woken up the next morning and someone offended the other person in their dream. <laughs> and then the spouse had to apologize for what happened in the other person's dream. They weren't even there, but right? yeah. Uh-huh. So love is not easily offended. Uh, whenever we talk about roles in marriage, and I think this is worth spending an episode on because mm-hmm. in the last episode, we closed with the idea of organization. Mm-hmm. That if you build your house on the rock, that's the foundation. Mm-hmm. And if you share the same plans, the same architecture, which is really building the same culture, sure. then what you can do that frees you in many ways to, uh, to be one. Mm-hmm. And a part of being one is also not fighting against each other for the same types of roles. Right. And let me just say, you know, in some theological circles, this is me putting my pastor hat on because I okay. use the word theology. <laughs> so in some theological circles, they take a word called complementarianism and they see that so rigidly that this is my area, this is your area, right. and these shall never overlap or switch at any moment. Right. And the problem is, is that life demands a greater level of flexibility mm-hmm. than that. Okay, there, that, that's a lot of $10 words, but that's basically to say that, listen, you are to complement one another. There's an organization just to getting things done. Mm-hmm. You, you can't disagree on everything or you don't go anywhere. Right, right. Um, but at the same time, uh, you have to be careful to be flexible and recognize that sometimes you're going to support each other in ways you may not have anticipated Mm -hmm. or in ways you thought was only relegated to one of the spouses before. Right, Right. Right. And that's just a part of bending with life, but still being one in Christ. Mm -hmm. So I didn't use, uh, that's just talking about organization and all that. So love is not easily offended. So when we talk about roles and just being one and, and uh, not being easily offended and not being demanding, I have to have this or I have to have that. What's one way you feel like you've really contributed um, in our marriage that has uh, really helped us create the culture that we're looking for? Right. Um, well, one of the ways is uh, I like to cook. And unfortunately, when we first got married, I wasn't a great cook. But because I like to cook and I wanted to learn, I became a better cook, wouldn't you say? Yeah, and, and that doesn't mean I never cook. No, no, no. You you do get to cook. Right. <laughs> but um, I, for the majority of the time, I'm the one who prepares the meals Absolutely. at the house. Absolutely, and I'm grateful for it. <laughs> and one of the um, benefits, uh, one of the great things that came out of that was because you know you were off working or, or taking care of your day, 
I was at home. I didn't really have a job outside of the home. I was able to plan for that meal and plan for that time when we would come together and enjoy that meal together. So that was also creating something within that. Yeah. And that's so key because, you know, some people look at the, oh man, I have to cook the meal so people can eat. No, but what you did was you said, no, wait a second. Not only do I enjoy cooking mm-hmm. and I want to be a great cook, right? Um, but I want to, I view the meal as an excuse to get the whole family around a table. Yeah. It's an opportunity. I'm actually, I'm not going to cook. I'm going to create an opportunity where we can all come together, talk about our day, pour into each other and just continue to love each other over food. Yeah, meal times were some of our favorite times. They were, especially yeah. when the boys were little and yeah. growing up. And- they would bring friends um, to dinner, and uh, you know, it turned out to be so great because their friends would say, "Oh, we never have dinners like this at home." Yeah, and I wouldn't say our dinners were special, but they certainly were uh, meaningful for our family. They were meaningful for our family. Yeah. We tried to make it uh, a time where we could advance kind of what we felt like God's best was for our family. Right, and uh, our season of life has shifted. Yep. And so, uh, uh, you know, we don't do as much of that anymore, mm-hmm. but you and I celebrate cultures in different ways. Like we just celebrate the, the marriage that we have together in a different kind mm-hmm. of a way now. And that doesn't mean I never cook. That doesn't mean I ever said, oh, wait a second. How dare you? Now I have to prepare a meal. Oh my goodness. I don't care right. if you're sick. I don't care right. if you're hurting. I don't care if this is the season of life. You have to do that. That's just dumb. Mm-hmm. And so the same thing is true when it came to kind of leading certain seasons. I think overall, it's very dangerous to rob someone else of leadership mm-hmm. opportunity. And um, now, biblically, there is there is a, a, a delegation of roles. There's a way that it can naturally move so that you you're just more efficient in life. Sure. But uh, there are times where okay, honey, you take the lead. Tell us what you want us to do. Hey, we're all going to go to the beach today and mm-hmm. here's what you're going to do. Here's what you're going to do. Here's what you're going to do. Right. You know, we go to the grocery store. It was like, dear, give us our marching orders, right? <laughs> yeah. Or uh, we're going to go on a vacation. You had certain things that you absolutely wanted to do, certain uh, ways that you wanted to plan that out. And I, I think one of the ways that I contributed was to give an overarching vision, talk mm-hmm. about it with you, and then we would together then make that decision. Right. But to really consistently try to keep us on track with where God was leading us yeah, and uh, the type of family that we wanted to be, maybe more specifically, the type of people mm-hmm. that I think you and I really desired to be in Christ. I think one of the best ways we can organize is to not be self-seeking, to say, I want the best for my spouse. right? And so whatever I can do to help them be God's best, Right. version of themselves. Right. That's what I'll do. And now suddenly you're both, you're into a whole new realm of efficiency mm-hmm. because instead of trying to divide out roles and parse out tasks, what you're really doing is saying, how can I help you? Mm-hmm. How can I love you best? And when you do that, you create a culture of generosity and a culture of just love that says, hey, you, it's not because you did this for me, but let me just serve you because you're worth serving. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. 